Hi friends, welcome to this special episode of the Ian Khan Show. This is an Aftershock special series. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend, Deborah Westfall. Deborah has been with Toffler Associates for many, many years, and her contribution to the world of futurism is invaluable. She's an MBA from Webster University. She has a BS in electrical engineering, and she's done a ton of work in the past few decades on futurism and helping move the dialogue further. Here we are with Deborah. Deb, welcome to the Ian Khan Show. I'm so excited to have you as part of our series that is completely focused on Aftershock. And that happens because Alvin Toffler wrote the book Future Shock 50 years ago, and you worked really closely with Alvin. You're uh, the chairman of the board of Toffler. Yes, yes. And uh, you've also written uh, the foreword to Aftershock. So excited to have you on board, and thank you for joining us. So yeah, thank you so much. Let, let me just say that I've had about, I've spoken about 90% of the contributors to Aftershock, about 90%. So I've spoken about 45 to 50 people, interviewed them, and I'm, we're releasing those interviews every week. Every single conversation has been exciting and interesting because I've gotten to learn something new. And I say to myself, oh my God, these people are doing such incredible work. I'm doing nothing, right? It just is so humbling to speak to people about what they're doing. Alvin Toffler is in every single conversation. The Tofflers are in every conversation that I'm having because of the impact that he's had, because of the fact that he wrote Future Shock and now we're talking about him in Aftershock. Tell us, to start off, tell us your experience. Uh, tell us that first time when you joined Toffler Associates and what was the world like in those days? Yeah. And how did that happen to occur? Yeah. So I joined the firm in 99. It had just, it was a startup. It was, it had only been around for about a year. And the process that uh, the interview process was pretty streamlined with uh, without many people, not uh uh, you know, not that many people in, in the organization. The last thing that we had to do as a candidate was to have dinner with Al. And that was incredible. It was, it was very nervous. But when I got there, it, uh, you know, dinner with Tom and Tom Johnson, who was the, who was the founder also, and Alvin, what a nice man. Uh, Alvin and Heidi were just great people. And, and Al loved to laugh. And at the end of the two hour, two and a half hour dinner, he said, you laugh at my jokes. Um, and so um, <laughs> just amazing people. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, my. Uh, you know, in when you joined, I think we were coming out of, and you've written about this as well. It was the end of the Gulf War that had happened recently, was it? Yeah, it was after the Cold War. So that was kind of the big one. But then after the Gulf War, too, it was... And that 99, you know, that 1999 timeframe where the military was really reconsidering their future and what that meant. And, and so the Tofflers were very influential in that thinking with, with their publication of War and Anti-War. Mm. And that was kind of a mandatory reading. Yeah. And I don't think technologically we were, especially with IT and the way we're using technology today, we didn't have smartphones. I, I, I don't remember. Of course, we had cell phones for sure. But yeah, the they, great big bricks. Yeah, yeah, they were just starting off, right? And that was a revolution in itself because right. uh, it was such a status symbol to carry that small briefcase with you. And that was your telephone, which many people did. So we had no artificial intelligence. We had no blockchain, no cloud, no computing technologies as we were now. 
as futurists, as people who were starting to thinking about the future, how, how did that happen? Because we're unable to think without technology today, right? What was the world like in the profession at that time? In the profession of the military or? Oh, uh, futurism, foresight. Oh, um, futurism. Well, but you know, the technology was there. It was just in the labs. It was, you know, very kind of that uh, that pre-production. You know, some of the, the technologies that we saw that came out of the late 90s, early 2000, that was, that was 1970s. People yeah. were working on that. And so... It just takes a long time, right? And there's, you know, there's different thoughts on how long it takes to, to mature the technology. But that's what I think is important about a, you know, foresight and future is, is looking at different places. And you can't just look right onto the market today. You got to look deep into some of the other areas to, to start to anticipate. And, and I wanted to ask that because I wanted to make it clear to our listeners and viewers that in order to think, we necessarily do not need a device in our hands because we're all glued to technology today. And I'm just trying to make a point that thinking about the future is an activity that can be taken on on its own. And yes, as a tool, we can use many different technologies. And so let's not think that the device is everything and we, we, we need our devices for everything. We, we're living in an era of uh, where attention spans are less, we are more frustrated with things, we're agitated because we don't have access to certain things. And I think in 2020, which will forever remain etched in our memories, I think, as a year where there was a big shake, shakedown, there was a big, you know, a flattening of expectations because nobody expected the pandemic to change our lives so much. And I think for us to realize what an amazing world we live in, all the resources we have access to, and how to best be part of the, you know, this world with, with everything in it. And I think that's, we've got to appreciate what we have. That's all I'm trying to, I'm trying to go to come down to, I guess. Yeah, you know, and I, th I think you said something very important. And I think all of us have that. Well, I think all of us have some future, you know, futurist in us, right? I mean, we're human. So we look towards tomorrow and we look towards, you know, when our kids graduate or whatever that may be. But I do think it is really important, especially today, to really bring a diversity of thought to our everyday lives. And, and I guess it's, I learned it from the, the Tufflers. They didn't sit around trying to predict. They were curious people. They were, um, they read across an enormous spectrum of, of publications. They talked to all sorts of people, you know, walks of life and, and kind of connecting those dots. And they did that through their whole entire life. They were journalists and, and that's what they, that's what they did. And so I think that's, that's really important for us in, in today's society is to, to not just get kind of fixated on one channel or that we get our news or fixated on, you know, a certain type of book or, you know, technology. It's really seeking out that you know, those diversity of thought, yep. because that's where you're going to really start to understand, you know, you're really going to understand, you know, how the future might unfold. That's such a great point. But we, we cannot ignore the fact that knowledge, of course, exists on Wikipedia and on Google, but then it also exists in libraries. There's a, I have a library in the city that I live in, and it's, it's a really nice, generous size. It's, it's on five floors and with literally thousands and thousands of books in it. 
And so I'm, I'm there a lot. I, I love just going to the library and just borrowing 20 books at a time. I might read five of them, but I love the fact that books have constantly, for me at least, been a constant source of inspiration, ideas, and, and I might take something from one book, something from another. And so when I, when I was asked to, uh, to contribute to Aftershock, I, I said to John, hey, this is such an incredible topic. I don't know what to write. I mean, so you have to dust off the copy or copy of uh, Future Shock and just uh, read through it again and say, okay, what did I write about and what should I talk about? So it's, it's been a very exciting experience to be part of the book and to start thinking about you know, all the things that uh, the Tofflers predicted generally or talked about that 50 years ago. And here we are 50 years forward where the world is dramatically changed. And But so much of what they wrote is so relevant today that adaption to change, you know, I think that is the key to being successful no matter what you do is how do you adapt to change? What are your thoughts on it? And being part of Toffers, being so close to them, how did they view change? Well, I think they view change as they, they view change as is kind of the lifeblood of humanity, right? It's not a scary thing. It's um, the, the Tofflers were optimists. And it's really interesting to go back to almost every every speech that Al ever gave or in Al and Heidi ever gave, and, and they would always be asked, you know, so what are your thoughts on the future? Like, and, and there are some, you know, we go through periods of some, some pretty dark times. I would say even if Al and Heidi were alive today, they would be optimistic and because they were full of hope. And, you know, the model that they gave us in the third wave really kind of explain that change. And so it does look, uh, you know, it looks chaotic. It looks scary. It looks like, you know, a lot of disruption today. But out of that is coming some some really interesting and very positive things. And it won't be without that conflict. But one of them, I think, is, is really interesting to me. And I think Al and Heidi would say the same thing, is around, really around our economics and in our business. And you see it right now with, you get on Bloomberg, or, you know, Squawk Box in the morning, this whole kind of conversation between, you know, the role and the, the purpose of a business. Is it primarily for shareholders yeah. or is it now for stakeholders? Mm-hmm. And so that return to maybe the, you know, the original capitalist and, and capitalist ideas um, are being debated now. And I think that's a very positive thing. And so it's not going to be fixed or changed, but you can start to see some real movement here. And so I think it's, you know, changes, change is inevitable. Change has always been with us. And and with change comes conflict, but also out of that conflict comes some really very positive, important, you know, advancements for humans and humanity. So I think it's a scary time right now, but I do think there's some real positives that are coming out. Absolutely. I think it's, um, today's very scary because I think something jumped at us from the unknown, from the, you know, from where we couldn't foresee. Having said that, many organizations, businesses, and I'm speaking to so many different people as part of doing some live streams as well. It's it's the fact that many businesses are thriving today is they've got it right. They've done their risk planning. They know where the business should have headed. And so a lot of businesses, not the majority, a very small minority, they're still doing okay, they're still creating value as, as they had planned to, because I really believe some organizations adapt to futurism, foresight, they plan ahead. And it's very important for us to consider 
all possibilities. And I'm speaking to all our viewers, whether you're an individual, you're a business, you're an organization, you're an institution, you've got to consider what are the possibilities that can happen in the future with respect to the economy, with respect to climate. And then plan things and then look at how things can be any of these scenarios. I think it's it's just planning. Right. I mean, we can call it foresight and all of that, but it's really looking beyond. It's the responsibility to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's just good responsibility. It's good leadership to do that. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because I do think, um, and you said it a couple times that the pandemic, you know, we didn't foresee it and it kind of jumped out at us. Um, but if you go back in history, these things have happened. You know, they've they've happened and almost on a cycle. And so um, allowing yourself to consider in my through the years with Toffler Associates. And there were businesses and organizations that allowed themselves to think about it. And I think that's what you're saying is allowing yourself to think about it. You may choose to not do anything about it, but it is your responsibility as a leader to even consider it and in the possibilities of some really diverse futures. Absolutely. There's no harm in just considering. Yes. You mentioned a really great word, which is leader and leadership. And I think emergencies such as this, and who knows what else can happen tomorrow. I mean, I don't want to be negative, but natural disasters are so common in many parts of the world. A meteor could just fall on earth and then shatter our um, everyday chores. I don't know. There's so many things that can happen. Point being, we have to prepare for the good and the bad and be ready for our response with respect to what can we do. Let's have a pandemic playbook. Let's have an emergency readiness playbook ready for all leaders. So the pandemic now is bringing out leaders and it's helping us understand that, hey, we need to do a little bit more work than we've already been doing. Um, Deb, I know we ha- we don't have a lot of time, but I, uh, I want to spend the next few minutes with you uh, talking about what do you do at Topper Associates right now? Help us understand the organization that Al and Heidi created and, you know, uh, Tom created. What do you do right now as an organization? So- there's me personally, but let me talk about the firm. Um, the firm is is really set up as it was, you know, when when the the Toffler stood it up. It was to help organizations transition into the future, to understand change, and and, and go through that uh, that calculus you're talking about here, the possibilities of that future, and then helping them plan uh, accordingly to today and make good decisions today. And that mission and vision of, of Toffler Associates has been that way for the for the 20 years um that that was a separate business the consulting side was a separate business than the uh the tofflers and the writings and the books they created it to be that that pragmatic organization that really took the thoughts that they were talking about and publishing Mm -hmm. and making it practical for for today's business leaders and i see that going out into the into the future there is a need for that understanding of of change connecting the dots from disparate uh, you know industries looking for the uh, you know for the anti trends for the disruptors and guiding organizations through that personally i have uh, you know the, the firms in a transition i was with them for over 20 years and uh, so there's a new generation of of leaders leading the day-to-day uh, organization and still associated through uh, through the board, but uh, but the heavy lifting is is being uh, led by that that new generation that are just incredible, you know, incredible 
leaders in themselves. Absolutely. Thank you. And so um, some work around foresight is something that Docker Associates does as an organization helping. And I just want this word to, word to be out as well. And yes. You're doing work with private public sector. You're helping organizations do scenarios and figure out, hey, here's right. 10 possibilities and these four. Are most. So all of that work is being done. Yes, all of that's being done. And really not just the, the foresight, because what we found is you can give that advice to, to clients, but it's it's really helping them then make the change happen. And that's really hard internally inside the organization because you've got to pivot towards that future, you know, or those futures, if you would. So they're, um, you know, they're a strategy consulting firm that has, you know, operational experience to help organizations position for that. Future. And in today's environment, they're spending a lot of time with their public-private customers, figuring out what's the next evolution here after the pandemic. You know, how how should their organization be positioned for, for that future? Absolutely. Parting thoughts, Deb, would you suggest, recommend, advice, would you give to our listeners and viewers about when starting to think about creating a better future? Can we proactively create the future by figuring out something? Or what should we do, like a very basic framework, if you can point us in the right direction? Yeah, I think personally for each one of the from your listeners here, it is it's our responsibility now to, with knowledge being so ubiquitous and coming from everywhere, it really takes on a new personal responsibility for us as individuals to really um, seek understanding, really try to understand where this information is coming from, uh, to validate it, to try to understand that truth, and really connect different dots and really be open to the open to learning. And I think it's, it really is a different kind of responsibility that we've had uh, than in the past. It's uh, We're not going to get this from an institution. It's got to come from us. That's that power shift. I think the other, the last parting thought is, is there's a lot of hope in what's going on. And um, it doesn't feel like that. All of us are a little stir crazy in whatever settings that uh, we are currently. But I do think there is some amazing things that are going to, uh, to come out of this and and I think humanity is going to be better off for it and so look for that hope. Deb thank you so much for your time and, and you know uh, some of the words that you've said and helping us understand a little bit more about um, Al and Heidi and their work. Everybody viewing and listening Aftershock is available on uh, Amazon and you can order it from Amazon for I'd say 20 or 30 dollars I really recommend buying it, reading it, and seeing how people, futurists of, of the world, are looking at the future and what you must do to pivot, to be stronger, to be bolder in a world full of uh, change. Uh, Deb, thank you so much for your time. I really yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, friend. This is Ian Khan. If you liked what you saw on my video, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel and be inspired every single day with innovative content that keeps you fresh, updated, and ready for the future. For more information, also visit my website at iancon.com. 